Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Madeline went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came in behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had risen from, risen from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you, carry, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I'll get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramanic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Madeline went to the disciples with the news. I've seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of the day that the, of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But they said, but he said to them, unless I see the nail, unless I see the nail marks in his hand and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus said, told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. 
Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So, healing from the resurrection. And I suppose my background, first of all, is to say to my daughter, thank you so much for the reading. As you can see, the resurrection story, as we celebrate, is with huge exuberance. But the lesson we learn is that um, those around on the day of resurrection, the experience would have been quite different. Mary Magdalene would have been grief-stricken as she went to the tomb. The two men on the road to Emmaus, the scripture says, were very downcast. He said, we had hoped that this person would be the redeemer. And yet he's dead. So there was a sense of hopelessness. The ten apostles, as we just read, the ten being without Judas as well as uh, Thomas, were locked into the upper room for fear of the Jews. Thomas, we've just been told, was full of doubt, refuses to uh, believe. The 11 disciples in Matthew account, when Jesus asked them to meet on the mountain, the Bible said they worshipped him, but some doubted. Peter had given up and completely gone back to fishing, feeling a sense of failure. That's, that's the background with which we come to the message of the resurrection. So, Though for us the resurrection we sang incredible hymns, Christ the Lord is risen today, which is true. These people wouldn't be singing that song that morning, that those earlier hours. They were frightened, they were grief-stricken, they were hopeless, they were fearful, they were doubtful. There was a sense of failure. And indeed, in a time of great confusion and pain and anxiety, how then do we get a healing from the resurrection? How do we get the healings from the resurrection? At the moment, I can't see anything, so I'm just hoping that we see the screen. Do you see the screen saying healing from the resurrection? Yes, we've got it. How does Jesus attend to our souls? How does Jesus attend to our souls? There are points to consider. There are points to consider here. And the first one is, Jesus hears our cries. Jesus awakens our forgetful mind. Jesus drives away our fears. Jesus assures us in our doubts, as he did with Thomas. Jesus restores us from our failures, as he did with Peter. Jesus gives us purpose in times of confusion, as he gives us the great commission. Jesus supplies the power for our journey as he gave the Holy Spirit. Jesus hears our cries. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. Jesus asked her, woman, why are you crying? And the truth is, um, as we read from the scriptures, Atiga read, we heard from what I think I read. Mary was so grief-stricken 
the reason Messiah was standing right in front of him, in front of her, and she thought she was seeing the gardener. And that's exactly sometimes what we encounter when we are grief stricken. Grief and disappointment can leave us blinded. And it stops us from seeing the reason Christ. And at this point, we are all grief stricken in many ways. There is loss, loss of family, loss of friends, loss of jobs, loss of freedom of movement. For example, we are all isolated somehow. But, um, Jesus hears our cries. Jesus hears our cries in this moment. Yeah, the woman, why are you crying? And then when he mentioned Mary, Mary then recognized the voice and said, Rabboni, my teacher. There was recognition. Jesus hears our cry. And no matter as we go through this, we can cry to Jesus and he hears our cries. One of my favorite hymns, the chorus goes, I felt every tear drop when in darkness you cried. This is Jesus speaking and I strove to remind you that for those tears I died. We sing it during the communion, but that is yeah, I felt every teardrop when in darkness you cried and I strove to remind you that for those tears I died. Jesus hears our cries. So the first healing from the resurrection is that our cries have been heard and Jesus heals, hears and heals. The next thing, the words of remembrance. The Bible tells us the two men on the way to Emmaus felt completely, their faces were downcast. They felt hopeless. He said, we had hoped that Jesus would redeem, but actually he died. And Jesus said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. There was a sense of um, hopelessness, a sense of the forgotten. And Jesus had to come back to remind them using the prophets and he said we're not our hearts burning within us while he opened the scriptures to us guys we can feel a sense of hopelessness in times like this we need to go back and remind ourselves of who God is his promises his unchanging nature his miracles God has not changed and we need to remind ourselves of what the prophets told, what the scriptures says concerning the Lord. 
we need a healing of hopelessness. The way we do it is to go back to the word and remind ourselves of what the Lord has done for us and continues to do. God is still present even in this situation. The next thing we need to remember is the words of peace. Jesus drives away our fears. We need to hear the words of peace. Jesus drives away our fears. We are told the apostles were in a lockdown situation. They locked themselves up for the fear of the Jews. Talk about lockdown. We are all locked in right now. Lockdown. They were equally in that same on the day of the resurrection, you would have thought they were on the street re- jubilating. Actually, they were locked down. They were afraid that they were about to be arrested and be crucified themselves. They were locked down. Then Jesus brings words of peace. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Reminding them of what he said to them. Even before he died in John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Peace I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. And it is so easy for us to be worrisome. Self-protectiveness born out of fear. That's exactly how the Apostles felt. And indeed, we can't be afraid. There is time of fear. If you are like me, if you fit my category, a black man, over 50 years, and male, a man is male, I think, you are high risk for COVID-19. And it's okay to be afraid. But Jesus said, my peace be with you. Our nurses and doctors who go in every day possibly may contract this illness, possibly may pass it on to family. My peace be with you, Jesus says. Those who have lost jobs And are actually not sure what the future holds. My peace be with you, Jesus says. There is a healing that comes from the resurrection. Uh, Jesus speaks the words of peace to all of us. Next one, words of assurance. Jesus assures us in time of doubt. Here is Thomas, one of the twelve. He was not with a disciple when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. He said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. 
reach out your hand and put into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. In times like this, <coughs> it's so easy to say, where is God? Where is our God? Why is this happening? We can have doubts. But Jesus assures us in our doubts. He said, touch me. Come to me. I'll give you the solution. Touch me. It is so easy to doubt. It is so easy to doubt. And in all we do, God is in control. You probably said in the Bible with a friend or something and you think, how does this move on? You know what? Stop doubting. God is in control. I'm encouraged to hear what Ella just shared that uh, she was running. One of my fears and doubt had been, even as I go out, how do I pass on my invitation card to somebody without them me feeling like I'm, I'm going against the law right now? But you see, we shouldn't doubt Jesus ever. He's greater than the prophets. He's greater than the angels. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than Joshua. He's greater than the Aaronic high priest. He's greater than the Levitical priest. Jesus is greater than Abraham. Jesus is greater than the tabernacle ministry. His ministry is greater. His covenant is better than the old. And we need to trust Christ. He gives us the words of assurance. Put your finger here. See my hands. I'm risen. Are you doubting Jesus today? And what he did or what he can do? Stop doubting and believe, Jesus says. There is great healing from the resurrection. He heals our doubts. Words of assurance. Words of restoration. The great healing. We all feel a sense of failure sometimes. And we are going to fail just like Peter felt. Peter left and went fishing. Wow. He went to his comfort zone. And Jesus comes back to Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Wow. You see, in terms of, in times of hopelessness, a failure, we go back to our comfort zone. I don't know in terms of your anxiety and frustration and what have you gone to. It is interesting to, to read last week that just as the toilet throw shelves in the shops were gone, alcohol were completely gone. And you think, wow, are people going back to alcohol in their homes? Domestic abuse has increased. Are people going back to the anger? The gambling industry, all of a sudden, is increasing at home. What are people doing? The temptation to watch pornography in your bedrooms. Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Jesus will want to restore us. No matter how you feel a failure, whatever it is, you know what? 
Jesus wants to restore you. You can confess there is forgiveness. As a Christian, every failure is a stepping stone to great things. It depends on how we deal with it. It depends on how we deal with it. Healing from the resurrection. West of restoration. Jesus restores us from our failure. Jesus gives us purpose in our lives. The disciples had completely given up. They were overwhelmed and afraid. And Jesus gets back to them to commission them to give them a great purpose. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. As for shared in the good news, the gospel is not chained because of a lockdown. For me, (coughs) this scripture struck me so much the first time I read it at all. Jesus, this command is asking me to do something Jesus used to do and what the apostles used to do. Who am I? But actually all of us Jesus calls us, commissions us for his great purpose. And it is encouraging to be able to see that. And so even in this time of lockdown, you know what? There are people seeking to know God. It's been so encouraging the number of people studying the Bible right now. Because the gospel is no different in fact now. Is needed more than ever. I do pray the world wakes up to the fact that there are eternal matters. As we see people dying every day. I mean every day a minimum of 700 over the past week. Average 700. Sometimes it was 900. Sometimes 800. But it is scary. And I pray. I pray people will come to the gospel and be saved. Finally, words of promise. Words of promise. Jesus supplied the power for our journey. He said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I do pray, Christians, that uh, we do not quench the power of the Spirit living in us. The most powerful thing, I mean... It pre-existed creation. It lives in us. Paul reminds Timothy. For this reason. Fan into flame the gift of God. Which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us. Does not make us timid. But gives us power, love and self-discipline. You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And brothers and sisters, we have that power. We have that power from the Holy Spirit. Okay. The power that gave us a new birth. The power that made us a new creation. The power that resurrected us from spiritual death. The Holy Spirit is in us. 
the power that empowers us to be holy as God is holy. The power that puts sin to death in our lives. The power that makes us resist the temptation we face every day. The Holy Spirit is with us. The power that produces incredible fruits of the Spirit, joy, self-control, gentleness, love, is with us. And it was a promise that you will receive that power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, which we have received. Amen. So indeed, Jesus, through the resurrection, meets all our needs. Jesus, through the resurrection, heals us as he comforts, he hears our cries and say, yes, I hear your cry. Why are you crying? When we felt hopeless and gave up, he restored us by giving us the word to, rem- to remind us of what God can do. That is great healing. Let's go back to the word. When we were afraid and in lockdown, he said, peace be with you. I pray the peace of Christ reigns in our house right now. And we are not driven by fear and worry. When we are in doubt, he doesn't dismiss our doubt. He says, touch me, test me, do what I say and see what will happen. When we feel a sense of failure as Peter felt, he restores us gently. He restores us gently. When the disciple felt a sense of apathy, indifferent, born of, they were felt pointless. He actually gave them a great purpose, the new, the great commission. And finally, he gives us the power, the Holy Spirit, which will be with us always to the very end of the age. So, brothers and sisters, there's great healing that come from the resurrection. Not as we thought before, but nonetheless. And we look at the disciples after that confusion. Of course, the message went to the world because Christ healed them. I pray you take encouragement from this and thank you very much.